And uh, I'm going to bring a message a little different. Uh, the, the context of the message and it's what's inside the context. It'll be a little different. And, um, um, you know, occasionally I'll um, study a message. And in my own heart, I think, man, what a great, what a great profound truth that is. Can't wait to share it. But then sometimes messages, much like tonight, it, it, I believe we lose the message and the simplicity of it. And uh, you'll not get anything profound tonight, but I do believe you'll help you. Uh, all right, why am I buzzing? We got a new hickey, doodle. All right, First Samuel chapter 17, and I'll let you remain standing. We're just going to get into the passage. Verse number 8. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, While ye come out to set your battle in array, am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and kill me, then... Will we be your servants? But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall he be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were in dismay and greatly afraid. We're going to jump off there. And uh, one more, a couple more verses, you'll need not turn to them. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore sin were also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And here's the thought I want you to get. And let us run. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. First Samuel, in this chapter, we find David running. So I've titled the message, David ran, will you? David ran, will you? Matthew, lift your throne of grace. As we look at these four times carefully, the definition of run, ran is to run, to run swiftly, to dart, to bring, to move quickly, to hurry, to a cause or to run away. Uh, running denotes some things. Denotes a clear direction. Denotes a sense of purpose. And it denotes having great passion, an urgency. It also denotes this, a great excitement or energy, if you will. Imagine watching a basketball game where nobody ran. Could you imagine watching a basketball game where everybody, nobody ever ran? Could you imagine 
watching a baseball game where nobody ever ran. They hit the ball and they walked from base to base to base. Could you imagine a football game where nobody ever ran? They just walked. If you've ever watched an NFL game at all, one of the things they'll do, they'll begin to talk about the running back and they will tell you uh, every single time how fast he can run. Well, in this text, we find four times David ran. And I believe there's reasons why he ran. And within those reasons, there are principles that I'm just absolutely astounded never change. They never, never change. There are some principles in the Word of God that if you apply them, you'll get this result. And if you don't, you won't get these results. It never does change. So let's look at these four things right quickly here tonight. First of all, David ran because he was commanded by his father. Look with me in verse Samuel 17 and verse 17. And David said, and Jesse said unto David his son, Take now thy brethren and he fought a parched corn and these ten loaves and notice, run and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these ten cheeses into the captain of the thousands and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Don't miss this. David would have never got to the valley of Elah to fight the giant had he not obeyed what the Father commanded here. If he had said, you know, Dad, I sure do love you, but bless God, I ain't running. I've been tending them sheep all day. I'm tired. I'm not going to run. Hey, I'm not, not get, get somebody else to do the running. Honey, we got servants around here and they don't do nothing here. Put one of them to do the running. I'm, I'm not going to run. Had David not chose, there's something, it's absolutely amazing to me. The very first thing that happens for God to do something, are you listening? For if you want God to do something in your life, it starts with a spirit of obedience. Every single time. No exception to that rule. I was thinking and, and, and she testified to it and, and, and one of the things and now through the years that, that, that Tammy has struggled with. And uh, she's going back right now. We can talk about her. And uh, 
but she struggled with this, you know. Uh, and she's talked to me several times, and she's made the statements like, Daddy, we're faithful to God. We're tithe. We're, we try to be obedient to the servant. We try to be faithful to the servant. We try to be obedient to what God wants us to do. It just seems like things are so hard. But I tell you this, I was thinking this week, bless God, because you are obedient, but when it needs to happen, when God needs to show up, He'll be there. He'll be there every single time. He'll be there. And David ran Psalms 119.32. And I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. And notice, first of all, we have been commanded to run. Hebrews chapter 12, I read a few minutes ago. Wherefore sin we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I love that verse. Because God, not only did God say, I want you to run the race, I'm commanding you, this is not an option. This is not if you feel good or feel bad. He said, I want you to run the race. Then he says this. Hey, by the way, I'll tell you how you can run it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down to the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. So God said, I'm commanding that our Father, our Heavenly Father, has commanded us to run. To run. You say, how do we do that? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. And you say to the Father, I don't want to run. I don't want to run. I'm not going to run. And every single time we disobey, David said, and by the way, he could have said, I'm not running and taking them nothing. He would have never gotten. By the way, don't miss this. Jesse didn't know. David didn't know. When he started, what was on the other end of this thing. Don't miss this. When you obey, you don't always know what's on the other end of it. And God's not going to tell you. Just like the Lord's not going to tell us when He comes. You know why? We live like the devil till the day before He comes. Then all of a sudden we try to get right with Him. So God's not going to tell us What's on the other side, on the other end, if we obey. But I want you to know, on the other end of this thing, was David stepping up, defeating a giant, and I want you to know, he becomes famous because he obeyed over here. Are you getting this? There's something to being obedient. David ran. Will you? 1 Corinthians 9, 24. I know you not, they which run in a race, run all. But one receiveth the prize. So run 
that you may obtain. I truly believe there are multitudes of people that this could be said. Galatians 5, 7. You did. Hey, hey, hey. You did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not Whoa, here it comes again. Obey the truth. Why are people hindered? Because they're hell-bent. They're not going to obey. I tell you this. You ain't telling me what to do. God ain't telling me what. No, hey, no. And you don't run. You hinder your running had David, had David said, had David said, Dad, I'm not going. There would have been no, you would have not had no Psalms, would not have anything else recorded about this Psalmist David. Commanded by his father. If you could get this tonight, if you could really get this, you say, well, I tell you, there's so much preacher. I don't understand. Obey what you know. Obey what you know. How many of us know tonight, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together? How many knows that? Okay. How many knows we need to bring the tithe and offers into the storehouse? How many knows that? Okay, you know that. We know those things. It's not that we don't know. How many knows we'll love one another? How many knows that? How many knows we ought to obey? How many of you young people know you ought to obey your father and mother that your days might be long on earth? How many know that? See? If it's not what we don't... People get hung up. I love it. People come, why well, I just tell you, preacher, I just can't understand that old King James Bible. It's not what I don't understand gets me in trouble. It's what I do understand and refuse to obey God and what I already know. I know the speed limit is 35. And if I get pulled, maybe be... When I get pulled, I cannot look at him and say, Sir, I, I didn't know it was 35. I can't do that. I can't look at him. Please forgive me. I broke the law. Please forgive me. Have grace. David ran because he was commanded by his father. Do you want God's blessings? Some of you have got a giant. Oh, by the way, did I mention there's a giant down the road that needs to be taken out? You're sitting here. You're sitting here. And you don't know that tomorrow is a giant that you're going to face that's going to turn your world upside down. I don't think we recognize that that can happen to us. Somehow we're so naive that we don't think 
that can happen to us. Sunday, Eddie took Kathy to the emergency room, and the doctor told her, you got neuropathy. Neuropathy. Is that the way it's pronounced? Neuropathy. Anyway, in her legs. That was on Sunday. Monday, we took her back to Fry. Monday evening, we went and seen her. She said, I feel so tired. I ain't got the strength to push the buttons on my cell phone. My God, that'd be, that's right there's enough to kill some of you right there. Now, couldn't touch her cell phone. By Tuesday evening, by Tuesday morning, she's on a ventilator. And for the next three to four months, she couldn't move an eyelid. You know what? You said here and you don't believe that can happen to you. But it can. It can. I did, there's a giant that needs to be taken out. And God, and God is preparing a David to do it. But he don't tell David. All David's got to do is to take some corn and some bread down to his brothers. But if he can't obey God in that, what you going to... Hey, time out. What are you going to do if you can't obey that? What are you going to do when the giant comes, shows up at your house? You're not going to him. He comes to you. He should be defeated. But your disobedience. So first of all, David ran because he's commanded by his father. Second, David ran because he cared for his family. Verse 22. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage, uh, in the hand of the keeper of the carriage. Matthew preached on that. And, uh, good message. And ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. He was glad to see his family. It motivated him to run because he cared for his family. It motivated him to get up early. And David rose up early in the morning, left the sheep of the keeper, and took and went as Jesse had commanded him, and came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight, and shouted for the battle. Does your love for your family motivate you to get up early? Does your love for your family motivate you to get them to Sunday school? Let me tell you a little secret. You, you, just, you just shove it away, dismiss it, do all you want to do. The communistic party said this, give us your children till they're seven and we'll give them back to you and we'll never bother them again. Because they knew that in that first seven years, you established something in those kids' hearts. 
You may think they're not listening. You may think they're not paying no attention. You may think they're just ignoring everything that's going on. But I want you're planting something in their heart they'll carry with them the rest of their life. Do you care about, do you care for your family enough that you'll run? Man, I tell you, I need that other hour sleep. I was in preacher's meet. We was in pastor's school. And uh, we had breakfast. And the pastor was giving away a lot of money to people in the building program. And I think he had twenty-five dollars or $50,000. It was, it was a, a large amount of money. And he called the preacher's name. He wasn't there. He showed up an hour later. Here's what he said. He said, I just had to have another hour of sleep. I was tired. I said, I hope you enjoyed it, my friend. Because I said, that hour of sleep cost you $25,000. twenty-five or 50000 It was a, a, a major amount of money. He said, oh my goodness. That hour of sleep, it's going to cost you more than that. We don't get in in the heart of them children to love God. It's going to cost you a lot more than that. It'll cost you tears. It'll cost you heartache. It'll cost you more than you could ever imagine. See, you, and you got to start. You can't wait. You can't wait. Well, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm, tired. I'm, I'm stressed. I'm just what? David ran because he cared for his family. David ran. He cared for his family. Oh, David ran. Will you? See, he was so grateful to check on. Notice what the father, or what he sent by his father to do. Notice what, what he took. And Jesse said to David, he said, Take now thy brother and ephod of parts of corn and ten loaves and run to the camp and to thy brother. Notice his job description. In, in verse 15, David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Seems like David was always serving others. Hmm. Selfish people die all alone. Years ago, I visited an older couple. Been years now. And I'll be honest with you. I couldn't understand a large family and it was brutal to them. I couldn't understand why they was to do that. Truth of the matter was, they were very selfish. My side is they brought kids up very selfish. That word selfish means a self hell. It's what the word actually means. A self hell. Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And how little do we know what a day may bring? That morning, David never realized the great trial and the great victory that he would face that very day. He thought he was delivering some food. Little did he realize God accomplished through his life would make him famous for 3,000 years. He had no idea. 
Little did he know that David, he, he, went, he went to carry provisions, but little did he know he would be the provision for the children in the nation of Israel. He went to carry something. This is his corn. He went to carry this to his brother. But when he got there, it wasn't what was in his hand God used. It was him God used. He ran because he was commanded by the Father. But he cared for his family. The key point I want you to see here is this. David was ready for whatever task was handed to him. Boy, our prayer should be every day. Oh, Lord, prepare me for what lies ahead. The opportunity to serve, the temptations to shun, the trials to endure, that I may, may, may I be your provision for someone in need. Have you got the me mentality? Me? Me! Have you got that kind of mentality? David ran because he was commanded by the Father. Because he cared for his family. Notice number three. David ran because he's challenged by his foe. Verse number 9, if I be able to fight with him and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. Notice verse 48. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. There's a whole lot of men running that day. Behold it, most of them was running the wrong way. Goliath walked out and said, Boo! And they'd run like cockroaches when the lights turned on. They all run in the tents and hid. Philistine said, Send me a champion. David said, I'm on my way. And he ran towards him. Notice something. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in the script's back, which he had, even in the script, and a sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. He didn't walk, he ran. Now notice, I know something here I've never seen. I know it's just so simple. Here's the army. Here's the army. Bunch of cowards. Boom! They all run to the tents. David's here. Over here's Goliath. He's in. Send me a man. He's coming. He's and David moves and separates. Know something? He had to separate himself from the army. You won't kill giants if you've got to have a bunch of people behind you helping you. You won't walk for God if you've got to have a crowd. You'll not do anything for God 
But you've got to have a crowd. If you want to do something for God, He ran. And may I remind you, He looked back. Nobody's running with Him. In the running, nobody's there. In the running, nobody was there. I love this church. I love every member of it. But I have had to learn something down through the years. That if I continue pastoring and running my race, I've got to do it by myself. And if everybody quits running, i got to keep running. If nobody wants to run, i got to keep running. People said, Pastor, I'm going to be... Pastor, i got all the respect in the world for you. I'll tell you one thing. We're here to stay. And I cringe when I hear that because I know they won't. They won't. George has never told me that. He just shows up every service. He just shows up. He's never told me those words. He just shows up. He's just here. See, the reality is, if you run, he he ran because of the challenge of the foe. I mean, he the enemy's coming, so he ran. He got close enough to stand out from the rest of the army. Don't miss this. I've never seen this either. I mean, just simple stuff. I'm, really, it is. But well, I'm pretty dense. I didn't see it. To, just right to, he got close enough that he drew attention to himself. See, some of you don't want anybody to know anything about you. Are you listening? I'm talking to you. You don't want anybody to know anything about you. You, If anybody finds out about you, you're... Ah! You will do nothing for God. Because if you run, you will draw attention to yourself. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Look up this way. Look up. Can I ask you a question? What are you doing if you're afraid of somebody looking in? What are you doing that you're afraid for somebody to look in. I'm not care. I don't mind you looking in to my world. I might surprise you. Probably don't do things the way you do. But if you come to my house, I don't have to run hide filth and junk. I don't have to hide dope and carry on. I don't have to slip around. So, if you, if you run this race, if you run, he drew attention to himself. Now, now how much attention did he draw to himself? Well, he got close enough that to attack... I didn't know whether you knew this or not. You can't kill Josh a mile away. 
God get close enough to fight. He he got close enough to be identified. Notice when he, he got close enough to be noticed. He got close enough to be belittled. He got close enough to reveal he was young, Rudy, and a He got close enough to realize he was very young. He was a good-looking feller. He got that close. He got close enough. He got close enough to have his weapon mocked. You're coming. The listing said, "Am I a dog that thou comes to me with stays?" And the Philistine cursed David by his He got close enough to get to hear the giant cursing. I mean, he got close. He got close enough to hear his threats. And the Philistine said, they Come to me, and I'll give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. That's how close. But the challenge of the foe would know something. David's faith overcame his fear. David's cause overcame his caution. David's purpose overcame his preservation. Let me tell you that again. David's faith overcame his fear. David's cause overcame his caution. David's purpose overcame his, his preservation. Psalms 18, 29. For by thee, for by thee I've run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. David ran. Will you? David ran because he's commanded by his father. David ran because he cared for his family. David ran because he's challenged by the foe. But I love this. David ran because uh, he concluded the fight. Verse 51. Therefore David ran. Don't miss. David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the uh, sleeve thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw the champion was dead, they fled. All David's running would have been in vain had he not finished what he started. Boy, I love this. Second Timothy 4, 7 and 8. George, I hope you live to be 125. I hope you live to be 125. But don't worry. I've done got your message for your funeral. I've had it for years. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. He finished well. I'm going to preach you a funeral message right now. He finished well. (laughs) He finished well. You know what can be said? Nothing greater can be said when he stands before God. I finished well. I perfect. I finished well. Some of you sitting here finished well. 
My son just went on to glory. Finished well. Finished well. It's not about how you start. It's how you finish. I've said this. Boy, people come, Pastor, why don't we start this? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Everything, anything is easy to start. But it's a challenge to do it week in and week out and finish well. I tell you, when I start something, I like to see it finished. I, I, I just, it's something, when I start something, I mean, I, it's just something about, I, I've got to see it finished. It, it may kill me, I've got to see it finished. I want to see it finished. Here was David, he finished. He concluded, and he ran, and he ran. I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He ran because he wanted to conclude the fight. Imagine how many people might be motivated to run if they saw you running. Don't make the mistake of Goliath. He underestimated his enemy. He thought because of his size. He thought because I've got everything on my side. Wow, this is slam dunk. But it wasn't. Because the truth is, he didn't have a chance. He's done before he started. But may we not make the mistake as well of underestimating the fact that those giants are still there and they'll destroy us if they get a chance. David's going to have a lot more other giants to fight. He's going to have the giants of a royal fury. Saul's going to throw javelins at him. Jealousy. He's going to have rage and revenge. And you're going to have those same giants to fight as well. But the morale of the people was restored with David's victory. But David's victory, David's victory didn't start when he got the victory. David's victory, David's victory started. Son, yeah, Dad, take some corn. It's bread. See how your brother's doing in the battle. Yes, Dad. Oh, by the way, sir, don't you run? Do this. Yes, sir. He got up and took off running. Had David said, I ain't running. You ain't going to tell me what to do. And by the way, ain't nobody telling you what to do. But don't miss this. If you can't obey God in what you know, 
God can withhold that victory down the road. Because down the road, there's going to be a giant that to, to, needs to be taken out. Down the road, Saul's going to fight him. Down the road, there's going to be jealousy. Down the road, there's going to be a lot of things to face. And because David obeyed and ran. And the reason, because if God can use him, he can use me. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Well, when he gets back, Saul said, Who's that stropling? That word stropling means marrying age. Who's that stropling? And who's his daddy? Huh? Who's his daddy? Why does he care about who his daddy is? They said, that's David. And his daddy's name's Jesse. He got the king's daughter in the deal. Moved into the palace. They want to ask him, who's his daddy? Because odds are, if daddy don't obey God, the sons won't obey God. But the daddy's one that obeys God, there's a good chance to, the youngest obey God. Now the youngest got their choice. And you got a choice. David ran. Will you? So I'll stand to her feet. If it had been never eye closed.